don't know why I've been thinking about this lately, Dave, but did I ever tell you that I had a pimp for a neighbor? Vaguely remember this, <laughs> but I don't know details, but I do recall the story. So now that I'm now that I'm an adult and I think about it, maybe he wasn't a pimp, maybe he was just a drug dealer, but <laughs> I thought he was a pimp. And uh we called them Pimp and Ken. I don't even know if that was his real name, but he lived upstairs from us. You remember when my family lived on Frederick Street in Portland? Yeah. yeah. And he would always have these women just hanging around late, late at night. And I'm just like, wow, this guy like gets all the girls. He's a pimp. This is Pimp and Ken. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized <laughs> he was a drug dealer. And that's why these <laughs> women were around all the time. Not because he was like, you know, Mr. Alpha Male Machismo. It's because he was supplying their habits. And for some reason, I've just been thinking about Pimp and Ken lately and why I just wonder what he's up to now. You know, hopefully he is up to something good, but I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what was that, like 30 years ago, probably when you were living there? So I don't know. 30 years, anybody, even just a healthy adult <laughs> age 50, you never, you don't know if they're still around. Yeah, I don't know, man, but it was the weirdest thing, and it got me thinking about, was there something that you, like, believed as as a kid that's just completely stupid, but you actually bought it, and you believed it? Maybe it's something that, like, an adult told you, or maybe it's a lie that a buddy told you, and you just believed it, because I remember being in high school, and I was trying to audition to be a part of this dance crew, which would later become Team Nasty, as you know, with Nick and Wade <laughs> okay. and all of them. And it was the summer of eighth grade going into high school. And I was like, I love to dance and I wanted to be down. So I went over and I like <laughs> auditioned to be a part of this dance crew in Westbrook, Maine. And uh, I remember there was there was a kid there, Simon. And I was asking him how he could glide so well, floor glide, which I later picked up real well. And he says, well, these K-Swiss shoes that I wear, <laughs> I swear, I be genuinely believe this. He said, these K-Swiss shoes that I wear, if you notice on the bottom, they kind of have these air pockets. So it lets me just kind of float over the floor. And my dumbass bought it. <laughs> this was factual. So I went out to Sports Authority back when it was in the in the mall in South Portland. And I'm going to incriminate myself here, but I did the old switcheroo, old shoes for new shoes, and I walked out with those K-Swiss. And I swear, they helped me glide and helped me dance better. And now, that's just totally stupid and not factual at all, but... My dumbass believed it. Was there anything that you believed? So you waited as a kid, as a teenager, until Sports Authority was bankrupt, defunct. I mean, that was smart on your part to wait to tell this story <laughs> until Sports Authority was gone. So good on you. Um, Long gone. I believed as a kid. I'm trying to. I'm sure there was a few things I believed. Oh, this was the silliest one, and nobody told this to me, but I kind of surmised it. I kind of. I put two and three together instead of two and two together. And when I was watching basketball at a really early age with my dad, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Boston is playing Portland. I didn't know we had a team. That's really cool. So for like at least a few years ah. as being a little kid, I thought that the Portland Trailblazers played in Portland, Maine. And it took my dad a while to be like, what and are you're you? You're like, dad, why? <laughs> yeah. Why are you rooting for them when we're the Celtics? I'm like, why are we the Celtics? We don't live in Boston. <laughs> 
And then I was like, oh, Portland's in Oregon. Got it. Uh, <laughs> you're like, where do they play? The Expo? Like, Dad, where can we go watch them? I never see them. That's a small gym. I, an NBA team in the Expo? I mean, I guess so. Yeah. And now we have the, the Red Claws, but they're like the G League team for the Celtics. So I definitely believe that. And then for a while... I believe that my uncle was the undertaker because my other aunts and uncles would tell me that he was. And it kind of added up because he what? had red hair. He was like, he's 6'10". <laughs> so I was like, wow, he is really tall. I do never see him on Monday night. This is kind of adding up. Like maybe he's the undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that lasted for a few Bro, years. Oh, your uncle. Because <clears throat> I didn't see the him uncle all the taker. time. The uncle taker. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't. That was probably the silliest one. Yeah, I know another stupid one I believed was, uh, I don't know why my mom would drill this into my mind as a young child, but I would always try to turn on the light in the car if we were driving around at night. <laughs> she goes, no, you, you can't do that. We'll get arrested, Jeffrey. I was like, oh, God, Jeffrey. I want to go to prison, you know? So I always, I always believed that. That you couldn't drive with the light on I in the car that one because too. Boop, boop, I didn't, boop. but I didn't believe it because you? I didn't think it was illegal. I just thought I was like, "Oh, you're just not supposed to do that because something will happen to the car, or like you you'll get blinded and you ah. won't be able to drive." So yeah, me and Ryan would never turn the light on. I think we tried to one time to read something, but that's like turn that off, and I'm like, "Oh my god, we did it! Oh no, turn that off!" Did you ever get the one if you were like? misbehaving as a kid and your parents would say you better stop acting up or that man's going to come over here and get you no dude what (laughs) clearly we had two very different types of childhoods because i used to get jeffrey you keep acting up that man's going to come over here and take you damn like make me yeah like i was gonna get abducted i mean and i believed it that's it kind of it's that's messed up but kind of brilliant on your mom's part you're like <laughs> all right well you know i do want to act up but i also like being at home and eating and i okay all right all right fair deal mom i will shut up it'd be that you know what you better you better stop that you see that guy over that man over Just there anybody yeah, that man back he's he's gonna get <laughs> you she would point out to any random guy whoever's is right there you're like <laughs> that just looks suspect you like, know yeah actually that guy does look sus like i don't want to know mom all right fine whatever i'll eat my broccoli fine fine and then uh, speaking of eating the other one was if you ate gum and swallowed it mm-hmm. it would like stay in your stomach for, forever for years it was like oh that's in your stomach for seven years i did believe that one too I thought I was like, oh no! I'm like, that's bad. It's not true, but I I've, I really thought that, yeah, that would happen. So something happened to my brother. So hopefully he listens to this. It was really funny. I'm about to tell the story because it's good. Yeah. And um, so we're up at my mom's house, and we'd go up there every summer and do farming stuff. Um, it was really fun uh, because we had to get creative, and it was just him and I. There's no kids around, so we had to figure out. Um, you know, what it is we could do just on the farm. And I dared him. It was like we were eating apples in the field. And I think I dared him to, like, put one up his nose. I'm like, shove an apple seed up your nose. Like, just just, just cut to see what happens. We're on a farm. So this is how creative we got. And he would, he did it. And it got, like, stuck. And it couldn't get it out. And so then, like, my stepdad was being a total dick. And he's like, oh, is it, it's going to grow, like, an apple tree inside no! you. And he freaked <laughs> out to the point that he cried no! in the snot and it released it. 
And it was like the most evil, brilliant oh. way to get the seed out because he knew he'd start crying and the mucus would, and it came right out. Total lie. That's so good, man. <clears throat> yeah, That's I'm so good. I used one. to, I used to always get when I was a kid. I used to get the uh, if you would make any like you know weird face, it's what you better stop doing that or or your your face <laughs> is gonna get stuck like that. You know, gonna get stuck that way. Why? What? Like, where did this all come from? And why did parents, when we were growing up, use these scare tactics to try to get us to like cooperate? Now they just toss an, you know, a iPad at the kid when they come out of the womb. But our parents used to have to use scare tactics, bro. They did, and they were pretty clever. And because the internet wasn't around slash prevalent, I mean, you couldn't just watch videos and watch YouTube and throw an iPad in front of a kid. They had it. They had to do something to get us to behave, even if the ends didn't justify the means or, you know, vice versa. They, <laughs> I, I got to give it up. They were good parents. I had good parents. Like they treated me with respect. Most of the time I was always fed and clothed and I had a place to stay. And really, you know, we would go out and run around until it got dark. So they didn't even know what we were doing. So, Shout out to our parents for just kind of letting us do pretty much whatever we wanted. Yeah. I mean, gosh, when I was a teenager, my mom would let me just <clears throat> go out and about and, you know, run amok around Westbrook with Nick and Wade and not come back for three days. And yeah, it was just like, you know, whatever lesson you're going to learn, kid, you're going to learn it kind of on your own time, you know? Going to learn it the hard way. Did yours, did yours ever try to like, yeah, did your parents ever go out of their way to try to embarrass you? Out of their way. No, they, no, they didn't go out of their way because usually they were working. They just didn't really have the free time to even think about that. What about you? Yeah, again, this is where we had two very different childhoods, Dave, because <laughs> I remember my mom dropping me off at Westbrook High in what we called the Brown Bomber. It was this, uh... like brown station wagon that should not have been street legal right <laughs> and we would try to get her to drop us off like a block or so away so we could walk up but eh, eh, mom wasn't having it and she would drive us not to like the front of the street right around the roundabout to the <laughs> nearly the front doors and she would be blasting that uncle cracker song the follow me and everything is <laughs> <laughs> And she would be singing it at the top of her lugs and putting our names into the song, me and Alicia, and just trying to embarrass us. And, dude, I'd go into school with a red face, and people were like, oh, you're your mom. And I'm just like, ah, so embarrassing, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the time. Quite the time to be alive. But it made me the man I am today. What's new with you lately? Um, let's see. I have been collecting more things i've been buying um a lot of jerseys i've been collecting cards doing comps went to <clears throat> two shows in massachusetts today with uh with dad and we had to get up at five we got there at 6 30 which was late and um he, he's like oh it's it's late i'm like what do you mean it's late 6 30 in the morning <laughs> 6 30 is late i'm like come on man he's like yeah we gotta get the good stuff so he took off like a bat out of hell. We get there, I turn around, he's gone, and I can't, I can't find him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this must be what it was like when I was a kid in the toy store, and I just took off. And he is now giving me a taste of my own medicine, 
at the flea market, and he found some good stuff today. I got a Paul Pierce jersey for 10 bucks, which is incredible. <clears throat> That's solid. Basically brand new. Um, I got some unopened cards. We went to a second show where they were doing like comics. I got a box of comics for 15 bucks. I got another 24 comics out of the dollar bin. And it was good finds because I'm building up, again, like I've teased before, I'm building up an inventory of collectibles. Now, what that inventory is for, we're going to find out one day, just not right now. So as I build this stuff up um, by going to, to shows, it's um, it's just been fun. It's like this is what I'm doing full time now. Yeah, dude, it is cool. Just kind of getting out and about into the world and you know, trying to find the things that you're interested in in the wild. I went and did a toy hunt just yesterday. I posted this on Instagram. You might have caught it. I went and visited this shop called All Seas Collectibles, and it's right here in Aurora where I live, so it's like 15 minutes up the road. And I guess I went at the right time because they were doing like 25% off all toys. It was free comic book day or something like that. So as you know, I just started collecting the WWE elites and, uh, Dude, I found some pretty cool ones, including one of your boy, Rob Gronkowski. I, I'm pretty sure it's the, the only WWE Gronk figure they've released because I remember that figure came out and he was around on WWE TV, but then he quickly went you know, to join Tom Brady and win another Super Bowl down in Tampa. I didn't even know that he had a toy uh, made in the WWE because he didn't appear, yeah. I don't know, that many times. I just remember him from... WrestleMania, and I'm guessing maybe another couple times. Yeah, he wasn't around much. It was more of like a special attraction type thing. But, yeah, I scored Gronk. I got a couple Ultimate Editions, a few Elites, uh, a Basic, and even a TMNT figure from 1990. It was Space Cadet Raphael. So it's not just like the newer WWEs. This is like a new hobby that I'm into now, but I've always been collecting turtle stuff for a long time. So... It was kind of like two birds, one stone. And, man, I just like going around and just like – I even stopped at this random yard sale. They ended up having a ton of like Star Wars stuff that I wasn't into. But just started talking with this guy, Victor. He was super nice. And we chopped it up for like 20 minutes. It was pretty cool. You find, Some of the folks you can meet doing this stuff, you know? Yeah, you and you find the best stuff too at uh, yard sales, flea markets because people have them in a bin. Like, make me an offer. I'm trying to get rid of them all. How much for all of them? You and me were talking earlier about, like, I love haggling. Like, how can I bundle this thing? And I found a box of comics, the $15 box. And then there was an Ultimate Warrior Jax figure from 1996. Uh, What's cool is they have the number on the boot. And so you can, like, quickly look at it without having to look it up. Because I don't know if they do this on purpose, but when you go to these comic shows or card shows or toy shows the buildings they're in the wi-fi never works and i'm like i can't look up anything i can't google lens i can't ebay and i just wanted a quick comp to be like am i is this junk should i should i ask for like hey i'll i'll buy it for a dollar um but i showed it to him and he was clearly surprised that it was in the three dollar bin and i was like you put it in the bin bro like i'm gonna buy it so uh 20 bucks for the figure and I think 30 or so comics. And I was, I was like, that's a good deal. Because, again, I'm building my inventory. This is the summer of collecting, but not just to keep. These things are getting flipped on eBay. And, um, and yeah, the inventory is being built about the, the thing that, that I shared with you earlier. 
So it's it's full, you're it's a hobby for you, and now for me, it's a full time hobby that I can make money with. And went on a date last night, dude. Okay, hold on, because on <laughs> last week's, well, te- technically this week's show, they're gonna get right. two episodes this week, and we'd like to make a public apology. Yeah. Uh, circumstances out of our control is what led to episode sixteen being late. Uh, here we are recording episode 17, so you're going to get two drops this week. But on last week's show, or when we recorded it a week ago, yeah. Dave was trying to go out on a date with this girl, and I was giving you like some advice, and I thought it was pretty, pretty good, good advice. advice. Did any of it pan out? So this is a different girl that I went out with, not the one that okay. I was. But of, course. but of course, I incorporated your advice and information because I'm like, all right. So I actually went bowling. I was like, you know what? Well, how about bowling? That's a good idea. JR did that. Like, let's see if that goes good. Um, <clears throat> went to Bayside Bowl. And to her credit, she's like, bowling's not my thing, but I'm down. So, you know, gave me, like, hints, like, yes, I do want to go out. It doesn't really matter what we do. I just want to chat. And that's how you know if a girl will just go and do something she's not comfortable doing, but will do it anyway. Hey, she did all right. I mean, you know, I yep. won both games because I'm not going to let somebody win. But at the same time, like it, it ended up being kind of close. <laughs> so that was the first um, half. And then I was like, hey, you know what? Like if this is too long of a wait, let's go to the Arcadia, the bar, the barcade, um, which we've been to before. But they moved it to Port City Music Hall because Port City is gone. And now it's Arcadia. What? Yeah, you, you probably didn't know. but I And I was confused, too, I no because idea. I said, I thought this was on a different street. And now it's here. And I looked in, and you can't quite tell when you look in. But the layout of Port City is all exactly the same. You know, they got the booths to the side, and they got the big room area. But it's just pinball yep. machines and old arcade games. And so we did that for a while. But it's very hard to continue a conversation while you're playing pinball. Because you're like looking down playing pinball and then you're like, oh, I kind of feel like stupid right now because I'm playing pinball and we're not like chatting. So I'd like stop and like talk and stop and play and talk. Yeah. Um, I thought overall it went good. Neither of us had been out on like a date in a long time. So at the end it was like, all right, well, I'll, can I get your number? It was, it was one of those like moments like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, let's just hug it out and yeah, I'll totally. text you later. Um, so it was cool, but it was not the girl that I really want to go out with. But she was great. But this okay, other well, girl, I hope the I girl you did some... go out with isn't listening to this right now. Feels second best. <laughs> no, she doesn't have my social. So if she found this, yourself, dog, it would be a miracle if she found this. But hey, I, I got to keep it one hundred. Keeping it real, and bowling's a good idea. It's like bowling or pool or like any of those kind of things. You know, it's like very few people are actually really good at it. So it's just, that's, that's what kind of makes it fun, you know? And you, you mentioned the hug at the end of the date. And when I last week talked about going out on my first date with my current lady, we're going to celebrate four years. Like I said, I didn't kiss her on the first date. I don't think it was until the third or fourth. Cause I wanted to be a gentleman about it. Right. Like how, how do you, you kind of play that in, in your head? Is it necessary date one? If not, does it have to be date two to like, where do you kind of land on that? I I think that I'm usually going into it uh, thinking that I'm not going to go for the kiss. That's my thought going in. If things develop, like I've dated somebody where 
we um we hooked up the first night that we met but we already that's not totally true like we knew each other but we had never gone on a date before so we was like mutual friends and like we talked on and off so it wasn't like a complete stranger but it was like oh there was already a spark and now that we're alone talking like and that lasted for a while but that's i would say the outlier the exception to the rule i usually yeah i usually go in like i want to get to know you first i want to like decide for myself because if you're going for the kiss that's a pretty strong move you're saying okay i'm really interested in you the strong yeah. and like it, you it might it's take almost two, yeah you think couple. yeah strong yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's kind of just, I don't know, I don't know if I want to kiss on the first date because then it's kind of like, I mean, in my 20s, I was trying to do more than kiss on the first date, but now as like a responsible adult male, um, I'm <laughs> like, okay, well, who knows? This could potentially lead to a long-term relationship, you know? And I'm, I don't want to just have some one-night stand, like I'm done chasing women. I think once you get to a certain age, yeah. you're kind of just like, all right, that game is just so old and tired now. I really want to find somebody I can build a life with. So, yeah, that's why that's why I waited so long. And when it finally happened, we were on the escalator going up the stairs from the movies, and I leaned in, boom, and it happened. And we've been together for four years since then. Just like that. And just like that, I got four kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wee, wee. Yeah, but Ryan, my brother, on, does no, no. have three kids. Um, uh, so Gosh, I think it's, but it's a moment thing. Like, I can remember it's all, there is a move. And I'll share with everybody, here's the move. And this is how you know if somebody okay. wants to kiss you back. Where's my pen? All right, so get, get, well, I think you're past needing this, but maybe for someone else. <laughs> when I learned this, I was like. You never know, thing, things could go south <laughs> quick. <laughs> I, I was like, man, this actually is the move. So you look at her lips, then you look back in her eyes, then you look back down, and then you look up, and you see if she's doing the same thing to you. So it's like, oh, she's looking mm. like at your lips, at your eyes. And if that happens... Then, and obviously it's like the hitch, you know, the moment in hitch, the 90, 10, 90%, 10%. Like if you're just, that's the proximity thing and you can kind of just feel the energy. And then at that point you'll know, and then you just got to go for it. Yeah, man. You heard it here first, hanging with homie. There's a science to it. I, I think I've tried to put that in practice before. And <laughs> she goes, do I, do I have something hanging out of my nose? <laughs> You lingered too long. The stairs too long. Doesn't yeah. work. It's supposed to be two up, two down. I, I think I went two and maybe three or four. I just, just I was kept, nervous. Yeah, it's the it's a pattern. It's important to keep the pattern. So that's just a quick update on uh, dating life. Everything went it went great. She was great. I mean, had a good time. And I think people put too much emphasis on like. This first date has to be amazing. I mean, you already mentioned, you're like, look, my first date wasn't like incredible. Just the consistency, the showing up, like sticking to who you are, your character, that's more important. Because by the way, if that does lead to like a lifetime, then guess what? You're not going to have home runs. You can't hit a home run every time. Yeah. But I'm still working on this other one. Yeah. You mentioned your your brother having three kids and and that's like a conversation in itself cuz isn't it so weird that when 
your siblings or even your best friends that you've grown up with have kids. Like my buddy Nick has a kid. Wade has a kid. Jeffro has children. You know, Martise has a kid. My sister. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird. You know, you, you come back home for a visit and you're like, gosh, like, you got a whole little, like, you know, I little league me, team me, with me. you. You got all these kids. Yeah. yeah. Is it, I, I just find that, I find that so weird. It just, it feels so strange because I'm still not there myself. I'm still kind of going after my own career stuff, you right. know, but I'm open to the idea for, for sure. But a lot of my friends, it was like, well, this was not the plan, you know. Corey even has two awesome kids too, so a lot of it is like, well, these were the cards that I was dealt. This is what I'm gonna roll with, you know. I've always been, I've always been afraid of that, you know, because I'm pretty sure I was by accident. Mom was 17, Dad was 17, you know. There's no way. It's like, well, let's have children, start a life together, you know. <laughs> it's not the medieval times, yeah, dude. I feel yeah. That. I've always been so just deathly afraid of that. But yeah, a lot of our a lot of our friends and our, you know, people that we've grown up with in school, they all got kids now. It's so weird. We're getting older. We're not old, but we're getting older. And yeah, no, that's a good point. Yes. Actually, Saturday I was over at my brother's house. Um, me and Maddie B were playing some golf because it was like the most beautiful day up here in Maine. 75, light breeze, had to get outside and get some sun. And we um just Got went to Binga's and it was close to Ryan's house, so we just went up there, hung out, and I was just hanging out with his his three year old uh, son Dallas, and we were just like hitting the ball off the tee, the little like plastic ball and then plastic bat, and I'm filling up his water gun, and he was shooting water at the ants, and it was just such a nice day to just sit out on the deck and be like, man, you just have a little mini miniature person, and now I'm hanging out with your kid, yeah. like my brother's kid. When you think about it, it's wild, and it's so cool. Yeah, it is wild. When I go back home and see my sister and her son, Ezra, it's just, it's so, I'm just like, what? I don't, I just, you have a kid, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's so weird, man. It's just, I don't know. Some people, like, they know early on, like, I want to start a family young, get married young, like this is what I'm here to do. And then you got other folks like us that want to make stuff all the time and try to check off more boxes on our personal goals and accomplishments mm-hmm. list. And we kind of put that to the back and yeah, I mean, there's no right and wrong answer. It's just, it's, it's a little bit of a shock. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm on this kick to just eBay is like life right now because that's the number one and only way I'm generating money. So that is taking besides this podcast and I did go on a date that is taking up all of my time because I got to make money, man. And it's, there's a lot of pressure, yeah, but it's good pressure because you know, it's within your own control. If I list more, describe better, do more research, find better deals. I get to eat. That's it. Simplified. I don't have other yeah. mouths to feed. Yeah, you know what's kind of cool about it is your, you know, sudden passion for collecting and flipping, I, I, I suppose, which is the idea, is what's going to generate you money. My collecting is what is completely destroying my bank account <laughs> because Bro. I have a very addictive personality. Yeah, no. So anything that I start, it's like, I'm not just going to tip the toe in the water. No, I'm going to the highest diving board and I'm jumping the 
in, you know? So I'm always out after work visiting two, three different targets and Walmarts, trying to find what's new in the clearance section. What can I add to the shelf or visiting specialty shops or ordering special collectibles online, which some of which I'll keep in the box. But for, for the most point, you know, for the most part, it's for me to build up a cool display shelf that I can just look at and admire all the time. I mean, you got the somewhat expendable income. It's good that you're aware that it's not an infinite. So, hey, look, look, oh, it's certainly everybody, not. if you just keep subscribing and watching, Jeff will get more characters. And um, the sh if the show is doing great, you'll know that this guy's collection has grown. Yeah, if you see like seven mini toy vlogs in a week, you're like, damn, this show must have really picked up some steam. They're cooking with grease now. Yeah, so it, if, if, uh, if you just should decide, you know, help the show. If the show grows, we're just trying to get that internet money, just that, that YouTube money. Yeah. I mean, but... You're not kidding. The man. original idea, and this is what I like, because especially with you being gone slash having Julia and like really focusing time on your relationship, which is super important. Um, it's equally as important for us to do the show as it is for us to give it to the listeners, because sometimes this is our only chance to catch up during the week and we have it scheduled in, which I yep. think, you know, just serves both purposes. I know that I dedicate time at least an hour, sometimes more to get to catch up with you and I, look, I would recommend it. I'm not saying everybody needs to record a show, but do it if you want to. You might as well if you're going to talk. Yeah, and just think about what you really need to get started. You know, like even even in today's program, and I've been waiting to use that word for a long time. I love the <laughs> word program. But in today's show, we're like, I hope it's not picking up for the listeners, but this has been, this has been really tough. It's brutal. Just... Yeah, just being, you know, not all, if you have a very strong internet connection, you're going to be fine. And that's how we've been for 15, 16, 17 weeks in a row. Um, but you kind of, you know, push that aside and think, well, what gear do you need to actually start that? You might be listening to this show thinking, wow, like it doesn't really look like you need all that much. And that's because you really don't. Like if you're, you know, if you're fairly technically sound in editing audio and video and you know how to get a connection to somebody else, it's really, it's really all you need, you know? Yeah. You just need, it's kind of wild. Zoom. Like we were rocking zoom. Um, yeah. My internet over here, actually me and my dad have been having conversations about getting, I think it's called Fidium uh, fiber. So they have fiber here. And if it's not an arm and a leg, we're going to get that. Because I'm on the same level as the router, and this is the delay is like a seven second sports delay for swear words. That's what we're dealing with. But since we're both <laughs> we're both pros, uh, we're pretty good at knowing when the other person's gonna stop talking. So sometimes we just try to guess and jump in. Um, you can kind of hear it in the tone of someone's voice when they're like trailing and they haven't ended. And I'm like now I'm just trying to keep it going because so he knows to not jump in. And that's, it makes it tough, but all you need is the Rodecaster. We've got these Sony ZV-1s. Um, I've got the Shure MV7. You've got the RE20, I believe. Yep. And uh, Zoom, and then hit record. And there's some more stuff with lighting and whatever, and I have a light, so I'm cheating. Um, this isn't natural light because I'm not even facing yeah. the window, so that's how you know. 
uh, windows <laughs> behind you. <laughs> I mean, uh, but yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot. And I'm impressed that as we've been doing this, you're getting so much better at just like, you know, t- pulling the curtain back and being like, this is not my radio show. This is a whole different style show. And, um, Shout out to our listeners, Wade, Chris, everybody who's like, hey, where's my episode? Because uh, that's cool that you're listening <laughs> and you care, and we're working on it. <laughs> it's coming, man. Yeah, there's a lot of big changes happening in Dave's life. Not so many not so many big changes happening over here for me, but I wanted to tell you about this like mindset change mm. that I've been oh, having I want to hear about this. And <clears throat> I've been kind of unfair to Denver as a whole. And I think... I've had a lot of just like disdain for it and unfairly, to be honest. And I think that all stems from my lady not being here and having to have been in this long distance relationship for a year and a half now. So with her not being here, it's kind of like, well, Denver's supposed to just be a pit stop. Like this isn't supposed to be forever. I really should be in California. I think I'm talented enough. I think I'm driven enough. I think I'm hardworking enough. Um, But again, all of that, is open to whatever opens and different opportunities and somebody leaves or they want to fate like that's way over my head. But lately getting into this like collecting hobby of these WWE elites and I've, I've made a new friend out here, mile high Mike, super cool guy. I think he gave us a question recently for the show and it's really helped me open up my eyes to kind of see, well, I don't really have it so bad here. You know, like I'm getting paid pretty well to speak for a living. I'm not having to do exhausting, you know, exhausting labor. I'm not having to work crazy hours every day, every week, every month. And you kind of look at it. It's like I'm giving away concert tickets and playing Justin Bieber. You know, like it's not that serious. Like, yeah, I can take my craft seriously, but I don't need to take myself so seriously in my situation my situation, excuse me, so seriously sometimes. And I'm kind of like, like I said, the best way I can describe it is I'm kind of opening up my eyes to see, wow, Denver like actually is a really cool place. There's always so much going on. You got the beautiful mountains. It's a, it's a top 20 market in the country to be doing radio. And I'm kind of slowly getting over that hump of, well, this is just stupid. I don't want to be here. And now I'm kind of accepting that I am here and I feel a connection on the air with my audience growing. And I feel like they're, they're, they're beginning to become more comfortable with me. And you're probably thinking, well, JR, how do you measure that? You can measure it with ratings from Nielsen and social media engagement. I don't deal with that. I just deal with how it feels on the air, the interaction with phone calls, people remembering your name. Like when I went out yesterday and hosted an event, people just the word coming up to me, JR, I listen to you every day on my drive home. This is so cool. And that just opens up your, uh, your eyes and your mind. Cause when you're in that room by yourself with this mic, you can't see your audience. So you don't actually know who your listeners are. So between accepting, this is where I am. This is where I'm supposed to be right now, this is where I'm earning my living. I can now start to say, well, this is where I'm allowed to have fun too. And I wasn't allowing myself before to have fun. It was only work related until I could get to the next town 
And now I'm kind of slowing that down. And I know I'm rambling here, but this is all fresh on my mind. I've been thinking about it the last few days and I just kind of wanted to put it out there. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that before, but it's kind of like a little bit of a weight off my shoulders, bro. And it feels good. feels yeah, like it I'm must. here. Let's, let's actually enjoy it. You know, I think I can relate when I was living in New York and I didn't want to move there. But my girlfriend at the time wanted to move there and she wanted to move there for work for, you know, Broadway. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll do it. It was like the literally I'm telling you before I lived in New York, it was the last place I wanted to live because I'm, you know, Boston fan, whatever, whatever. I'm like, New York, like, ah, it's expensive, this and that. And then she actually got a contract on a cruise ship. And so then I was just in New York by myself and I had no choice. Um for like eight months, I had no choice but to say, all right, well, adapt or die. You're either going to like this place, love this place, or you're going to despise it and your life is going to be miserable. So I just decided to say, you know what? Like, F it. I'm going to enjoy my time. Ended up loving that city. It is my favorite place. It's my favorite place that I've lived outside of Maine. I just love New York City. And But it took a mindset yeah. change. It took a major event of not having the person there with you to enjoy it with you and then to decide, Hey, well I'm here, let's make the best of it. And the best of it became the absolute best thing for me was to be in a city in my late twenties, just being able to kind of go wherever I want, not have a schedule, stay out late, work at Madison square garden, go see shows. Um, it's all walking. Didn't need a car, sold my car when I moved there. Just riding the subway, the train, it was it was great. But yeah, it, it takes some self-awareness to be like, well, if I'm going to be here, there, there's one thing in life everybody can control, and that's your attitude. That is it. Yep. That is the only thing you can control fully. Um, and so if you just try your best to wake up with a positive attitude no matter how things are going. That's what helps me. Like when I'm having bad days or weeks and I just know like things are not going my way, you you won't see me not smiling. I will be in a good mood despite what's happening. And that gets me through a lot of stuff. Yeah, attitude is the thing, man. And for so long here in Denver, <clears throat> mine has kind of been, well, whatever, this, this, this doesn't actually matter. I just have to do a good job. I just have to impress, you know, the suits up above and, and the people around me that, you know, make these type of decisions that on, on based on where I could go, I just got to do a good job and I don't need to have fun. I'm only here to work this. It, and that's just like, it would just get me so down and so depressed. And then like, you're aware of that. So you're trying to do different things to always distract your mind and, and, different things to just kind of keep you moving forward. And I don't know, there's like, it's an attitude change, but it's also like finally an acceptance of, wow, like I actually have it pretty damn good here. Like what the hell was I so bummed out about? I know what it was, but it's small potatoes. It's you're, you're in your mind finding things to be angry and, 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 you know, sad about and that's just stupid. That's not helping you or anybody around you, you know? So, yeah, it's definitely attitude. It's definitely acceptance. And as as you know, I probably got one more big move in me before I want to come back home where you are. But who knows when that will be? 
and I've stopped putting pressure on myself to try to speed that up because it's out of my control completely. There's nothing that I can do to speed that up other than just keep doing a good job. And if I'm, if I'm here and I have to be here, I take that back. I don't have to be anywhere, but I'm here because this is where I can earn a living doing what I love. And what I love is radio and what I love is broadcasting. So yeah, now I'm starting to allow myself to have fun and do things and spur the moment stuff and just go on random toy hunts or go see a movie or go to a Rockies game. Like I'm finally letting myself do things rather than coming home and being a hermit crab being here by myself, mind you, with nobody to talk to, and then waking up the next day, going to work, sitting in a room by myself with nobody to talk to, and talking into this thing for four hours a day, not actually knowing who's listening, and then like just repeating the cycle over and and it was, dude, it was exhausting. And I'm like, why? When you're in it, you can't you can't really see it and pull yourself out of it. But I don't know what what bell went off in my mind, or if it was a slow kind of you know, graduation or ascend, I think is the word I'm looking for, but I'm feeling pretty good about being here, man. The people are super kind. I get a really cool job. I still get to work with my best friend every weekend and and we get to catch up. Like it's, things are pretty good, you know? And for somebody hearing this right now that might be currently in that cycle that I've been over the last year and a half. And this isn't like a short term thing, Dave, this was the entire body of time that I was here. Yeah, if you you're in you brought that, it up. Early. You can get yourself out. You brought it up pretty early when you were there, and um, yeah, it was a theme. But you were kind of like, I don't want to burden someone else with my problem. But you'd kind of let me know. You're like, it's not my favorite, but it's good. And like, clearly, there was a little bit more under the surface. So, you know, props, bro. Work through it. But that's what we do. We work through everything, even if it takes a while. You know, eventually, you're gonna get where you're. You get where you're supposed to go. We're I keep saying it. And it's my favorite thing. We're on a floating rock in the universe. So what does it all matter? <laughs> Just enjoy what you've got in front of you. You get Ryan always says it well. You've got twenty four hours and nothing else is guaranteed. So just take care of your twenty four and do it again. Yeah. Wow. That's well said, man. Yeah, I hope to really get up there this summer, visit you, visit the family, Ryan, see some pals. I just think it'd be great. So I'm aiming for that in July and uh, definitely want to go on some toy hunts. I got to visit Maine Vintage Toys up there, which is a pretty cool Let's spot. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, dude, it's good. Life is good right now. Yeah, man. Life is Life good. Is great. And sometimes you just got to let yourself say that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Life is great. Always. Always. And the, so like, the more I think about like the outcome of will I get this date or not? It doesn't, in the grand scheme, the outcome doesn't really matter. I just want to get an answer. You know me, I'm like, just yes or no. Maybe is the killer. Just yes or no, and I'm going to move on. Yep. That's it. As simple as that. But anyhow, thank you so much for checking out Hanging with Homie. For Dave, my name is JR. And just kidding, Dave. I was pretending like I froze. (laughs) We'll catch you next week. (laughs) It's cool to be you. Peace.